Tom told the guys the best way to upset a better-seated team is to shoot two for 15 from three. And so they did. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the Slender Splendor. <laughs> How have we missed that until now? That was, yeah, Greg. it took till episode 185. And this, I wasn't going to mention this on the pod, but I was going to mention this internally. This is episode 185. It took till this <laughs> to get Slender Slender Spender. Well, <laughs> our charming voice is the only living person who knew Purdue would lose to Farley Dickinson, Alex Plum. Uh, Alex, is it because you and I almost certainly were next to the Farley Dickinson uh, campus when you visited me in New Jersey? 100? Oh my God, really? That's where that is? Oh yeah, it's like, it's Madison slash Foreign Park, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. What They're is just it? on the road. <laughs> What is it with these small uh, yes. Jersey teams doing things as 16 seeds or as 16 seeds? Rutgers can't do anything. Can't even get Literally. in the tournament. Literally. And threw a it's, big stink about it only to shit the bed in the first yeah, round of the NIT. NIT. Oh, my God. It the really Rutger doing a buttger out there. Meanwhile, FDU is yeah. just blah. lighting the world on fire. Yep. Uh, the dicks of Farley Dickinson. Go uh, dicks. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, we got a lot to get to this episode, so I'm going to assume that you are as elated as me uh, with MSU's successful weekend. Wait, what uh, happened? We'll get into it. Thank you, of course, everyone. Is there going to be basketball this weekend, Michael? Uh, if we could ask a small favor, uh, if this is your first time listening to the pod, ignore that shrill voice, uh, and then otherwise share the pod. I like the whole time. <laughs> Please share the pod with Spartans Your Life. Rate, review, and subscribe. We'll hold off on reviewing for a little bit. Uh, and follow yeah. us on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. at Spartan underscore pod. Um, all right. Uh, I, we've got a ton to get into this week. We've got Greenwall. We're going to talk, uh, obviously, uh, MSU advancing to the Sweet 16. We've got Susie Merchant out uh, to chat about. We have BT Jordan's replacement. We have hockey just barely missing uh, the Frozen or whatever they call it. Sweet 16? Is it still Sweet 16? No, it's just the top 16 that actually get to go to the tournament. Mm. Sweet. Uh, we've got some stuff off Grand River. we got some games to preview. And, of course, we have your Twitter questions. So let's dive in. Uh, we can talk about each game uh, a little bit, but obviously, you know, they, they come so close together that there's plenty to talk about. I want to start with the point that I made last week, which is that I thought Tom Izzo needed to get this team its first win and the team would get him the second win, which is yes. the inverse of what is normally true. Um, I'll just say the scouting report for USC was fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. The... Uh, team was executing offensively on switches and and exploiting mismatches, and uh, Boogie uh, and uh, Drew Peterson were I think two for not much from the field. Um, Let's see the bug the bugster the bugarino the the brig brug. Uh, yeah. Uh, so in both of these games, I really like to do this where I cross the streams because my brain is garbage. Uh, <laughs> In both these games, the, the best player on the respective teams shut down. So Boogie Ellis, uh, 35 minutes, 
Um, one, uh, three for nine for twos and over three from three point range. So seven for 22 is what he and Drew Peterson went. And as many fouls as assists at five, he took a seat and he was crying as he did so, which was sad. I was able, one of the benefits of being up, uh, 12 points at the end of the game is when the other team's best player fouls out and he starts crying. (laughs) I can be empathetic in that moment. Um, deep down, I'm elated. Um, it makes me more sure. glad, but I can project. Yeah. You sadness. can virtue signal. Yeah. For, uh. for the people around me, um, or to myself that just proved to myself that I, I have what it takes to cover up being an MSU basketball sociopath. But, um, <laughs> I mean, huge, huge against okay. the, the best players on, on both teams in this game. And. So the beginning of the game started quite well. Uh, and then at around the eight minute mark, nine minute mark remaining um, in the first half, I think it was a 11 point lead that started to evaporate. Uh, Mati Sissoko started getting real lost on hedging on ball screens. Um which was leading to to some like easy slips for for dunks. It it felt like what had started nicely. The wheels were starting to come off, and we went to the half uh, tied, almost yeah. down two, but for a last second AJ Hogarth bucket. Um, Plump, where were you mentally uh, when when that started to uh, evaporate? And and I guess what what gave you hope? Uh, I think that was when Tyson got pulled, right? With the early fouls, or was that early in the second half? That was AJ who got pulled. That's what I meant. Sorry, AJ. Two games, um, two pulls. I think I texted you guys uh, some very hurtful remarks about AJ, uh, something around being a fucking miserable waste of hardwood sad. Um, and then I think this might be a good thing. And in fact, I think it was. Um there was something that we happened, actually forwarded those to Tom and he read them to AJ to him. his face. Yeah, yeah that's what time. I thought. That's what I thought. And it's good. Um, it was actually, I think that was in the second half. So I think my timing is off. My point here, though, is that there was we, we started that little collapse and I was just grateful that that little collapse happened in the first half as opposed to the second half. Um, because we've seen that when that collapse, defensive collapse happens in the second half, it's very difficult, nay, impossible for the team to recover. Um, what gave me hope was I knew that they would be going into the locker room and Tom would be giving them the old what for. Um, and this was the one, the one, the one saving grace and it worked, right? We came out very strong in the half. Um, you know, Mari, Mari was again, inconsistently good this game. He had, uh, it was lost for a good portion. And yet, at critical moments, some big, uh, some big dunks, um, interrupting passes, some big blocks. I mean, there was some. I don't know how you you want consistency out of the guy that's playing the five for us. We haven't had that all season, so I guess the next best thing is a few big plays in critical moments, and we got that out of USC, and we got that today. What about speaking of fives giving big plays in critical moments? What about Cooper? Yes. In this in this game, huh? Carson Comes Hoover. in. We knew yep. because of the length of USC yep. devotees who listened to our preview will know uh, <laughs> elite we, previews. Elite previews. We, and, and there's one for Kansas State coming up. You believe 
believe you me. Uh, we knew that Cooper was going to get more time than usual in this game, and he did, and he performed fantastically yep. in the 13 minutes that he was asked to be on the court. I mean, yep. four he boards, big, two offensive, a, two defensive. Like that's a that's a good clip for rebounding. And some good offensive moves at critical junctures too. Yes. I don't know how like we talk a lot about tempo free stats on the pod on the pod here, but like there are critical moments in the game where things are swaying one way or another. Who's going to have more momentum, etc. And he came up with some big buckets at big times and kept things on MSU's side of the ball or, you know, kept the momentum swinging far away. So yeah, he had the best plus minus of anyone on the team. Oh, uh, he did? Really? Yeah, 11.1, according to Torbett. Dang. Um, but six, six points out of 13 minutes? I mean, good God. That's, yeah. And, we gotta, and two offensive rebounds, two defensive rebounds, Harrison Cooper. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable night for him. The other, We're going to talk about somebody else, too, though. Um, you going to Hauser now? Nope. Going to Joey? Hauser, great game. 17 points, eight boards. Like, yep. great and game. Four, four for six from three-point line. Yeah, four of our five three-pointers came from Joey Hauser. Mm-hmm. But that's not who I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jade Nakins, who we have been, at times, a bit critical of. Sure. At times, wondering, what's this special offense that's supposed to be coming from Jade Nakins? We saw it tonight in the victory over Marquette, but we saw it in U- at USC. Uh, Jade Nakins finding the rim in a not just fast break, right? Yeah. Uh, there was uh, there was a dunk he had that was awesome uh, and, and drew a foul on, but that wasn't even the most impressive one to me. It was the one where he got airborne and it ended up being a layup that he just strongmanned into the into the the hoop after getting drilled by like four dudes at the same time we saw it similar <laughs> that was for I mean, plum i guess i just don't know what you're saying plum it, when he tees it up like this you yeah. have to i mean unless he's gonna draw me a picture <laughs> but we know. we saw that level of physical effort again today against uh marquette where he was able to use his strength to finish through contact at elevation uh, and and get some buckets and and so we're seeing something out of Jade Nakins that even though he's been progressing offensively that we've not seen yet before. Well, he said it in the Kentucky game, which is a team that we're not going to play again, as it turns out, uh, yeah. that he was the most athletic guy on that court, and uh, that is really starting to show itself in these yeah. last two games. Yeah, yeah, and locking down Peterson and Boogie Ellis, that was, yeah, that was Jade Nakins. Yep. Lot of really good defense. Um, what about just their ability to put a team away against mm-hmm. USC? Like yeah. that has been a bit of a bugaboo for this team over the course yep. of the year, but they demonstrated their ability to just crank it up. And I mean, it's fun when there are fewer than five minutes left and you're up by 15. You've got, of course, the Iowa game in the back of your head, but the, you know, circumstances are a little bit different. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But missing that front end of the one and ones three in a row was, uh, we got to talk about that. We got to, we got to talk about that. That, that was, uh, well, I mean, 
between missing all of the one of us, but apart from our free, our shameful, shameful, sh- I mean, unholy, Hitler-loving, I mean, it truly was an opprobrious, abjectly rejectable, godforsaken free throw shooting on that night. Uh, and then combined with with how we shot tonight, I I, I don't know what to say. I, these teams don't deserve to win games. I don't care that we led USC by ten points for twenty of the forty minutes we played them. We we deserved to lose both of the games that we played this weekend because of our free throw and three point shooting. You don't get to take a victory lap for Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> Who is up right now? By the way, we're no. I'm watching in the other window. Uh, they were down big in the first half. They are now up three against Florida Atlanta with 14, 20 left to play. No. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I think the other person to chat about, we, we mentioned AJ briefly in, and I think largely in the sense that he had some foul trouble. Um, I would say though, AJ's largely been playing very well. Locked in yeah. at the beginning, um, performing at a high level. Yeah, Jonesy, you like to call out, like, which, uh, which AJ are we getting today? Is it, is it Adderall AJ, or... AJ? Or is it, like, Spartan Dog AJ? And we have gotten Spartan Dog AJ two times. Maybe he just is a, you know, I, I can relate to, if you don't give me a deadline, it's not going to get done. And now there's a deadline. Yep. Now he, you know, is it time to go to the second game? Shaka game. Yeah. All right. Plum's the listeners can't see this, but Plum's trying to put the FDU. Uh, oh, I that's what he was doing. On. I yeah. can't. I, I don't know that this he's in a hotel counts. room. He's he's yeah. not operated this machinery before. He doesn't know how it all works. Um, <laughs> everything is difficult. He's learning. He's like a child <laughs> learning everything for the first. It's like time. a cat, like pawing at a can. Of it's just like that's the sound of pawing at the. All right, so let's move on to Marquette. Um, we said last week in our dare we preview that Marquette is the weakest of the twos, and uh, we've seen some other twos go down, uh, and then. MSU put this two down. So similar to the last game, we got an engaged AJ Hogard from the tip. Um, got some foul calls that oh, are yeah, not fouls in the Big Ten. So right. he had to sit a fair amount of time. Um, the the refs. Let's just get this a little bit. That was that was the worst officiating. And it, and we've seen some games in this tournament that there was a tight whistle on. Yeah. And you're like, that's not really a fun brand of basketball we're watching right now, but it is what it is. But more fun than the Big Ten. I do want to get into that at some point. Yeah. Well, this game, the refs uh, missed fouls at times, just chose not to call some that were like definitely fouls, yep. uh, and then missed a uh, an out of bounds on, mm-hmm. that would have advantaged Michigan State. Then later on, overturned their own call on it. Like, I, I, I didn't know you. I, I from the first half, I didn't realize that that was an option. Which you is know, fine that, that they got together and got the call right. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But you should have got the call right the first time. Which so that well, ended up only, probably the only being reason. A, it's, the only reason that it's upsetting was that 
only one of the referees was in position to make the call, and he called it for us. And another referee came over to give him information after having been assailed by Shaka Smith. Let's just say what his last who cares what his last name is. Don't correct me. Um, so uh, that's not acceptable. You can't the the impropriety that that brings. If you're not the guy in position, you don't have the eyes on it. And and that ref that, that official can't look through the number of players that would be required for him to look through to get that call right right that, that's the point so we were always told when you were an assistant referee in soccer if you're not on the goal line and you see the ball go in the net you know when you see the ball cross the goal line and go in the, and go in for a goal and then bounce back out but but you're not on the goal line you can't call that a goal because no one will believe you even if you're right no one will believe you because there's no way in hell you have the angle to see that. And so perception is everything. And that's what you're told in refereeing. If you can't, you selling the call is every bit as important as you getting the call right. In other words, even if you're right, but you can't sell it, you lose your integrity by getting it right because it will, or, or by just making the call because it looks like it's 50-50. Oh, well, he guessed. You're going to be right half the time. So anyway, it, that was the kind of shit today. Um, but now that you've gotten that out of the way, let's be really clear. Uh, we were so bumble-fucking-terrible today that we were running into each other. Two of our players lost shoes in the middle of the game. One of them because, multiple times. Joey, because, I don't know what those shoes are, buddy, but burn those things. <laughs> Some sneakerhead's going to like light us up and be like, how do you not know what those shoes are? I don't know what those shoes are. Well, they were bowling shoes, and the Velcro was loose. <laughs> this is the problem. Uh, un kempt basketball blubbering dumbery uh foolish philandering it was the worst of times and the worst of times to watch this basketball performance we didn't win so much as marquette shot themselves in the penis repeatedly well i think we had a hand yeah i think we had that we didn't i think we took the gun from them and nestled it into their (laughs) lap and well, then... defense. I mean, let's talk about someone talk about defense because that's the one thing that we probably did d- decently on. I I think our defense is really good, particularly on the reigning, you know, Big East Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, you know, the whole like Tyler Kolick's dad is like up on the concourse walking yeah. around thing. I, I also like that they were like he doesn't like being on TV, and then they dedicated a whole yes. resource literally <laughs> to following him. Yeah. Let's harass this man. Uh, but probably Shaka should have sent someone to go find him and put him in instead of his son. Because I I don't know how much of this was Tyler Kolick just having an off day. I don't know how much. Like, I think Jay Nakins and company did a great job on him. So I'm going to just give the credit there. The The defense that we played today was was elite, I would say, at times. There were some lapses. You know, Marquette got it going a few times, but just in the same way that Marquette kind of stuffed our half court offense a number of times, I thought we did a fantastic job on switches. I thought we did a fantastic job on three point defense. I thought we did a fantastic job in the paint. Like there are some notes, but um, when you've got the the Big Ten Player of the Year 
or sorry, the Big East player of the year. And you hold him to his, according to Torvik, lowest offensive rating game of the season. That is not a fluke entirely. Some of that is to do with you. He's had other off nights over the course of the season, but um, he had his worst offensive rating game of the year. Against wow. him. And I think do that same thing for Boogie. You, you keep talking. Let's see how. I think pre uh, pre game uh, Marquette was a top 10 Ken Palm team. They no longer are huh. um, because huh. of us. But Update. it's the same with Boogie Ellis in USC. Um, second worst or tied for worst. Um, nope, absolutely worst. So the best player on the other team, worst offensive output of the season. I don't think that's a fluke that that happens twice in a row. I no. think that's that's the team, and I think that's that's coaching. Well, uh, it is coaching, and I, you know, well, go ahead, go ahead, Jones. Oh well, I was gonna I was gonna sing some praises. Uh, it, you know. Mati Sissoko got lost a couple times, but gave 21 minutes of he did elite hustle and with some massive blocks that yep. were, you know, in the same way that we were talking about uh, Carson Cooper's dunks in the previous game being sort of real vibe shifters or stemming the tide of feeling like the game got away from you um, or could be slipping away from you. Uh, Mati Sissoko defensively at times was a real difference maker in this game. Uh, and I don't think we'll get a ton of love with just four points and five rebounds. Um, but I thought Mati played a really good and only one foul. It seemed everybody was just. Wait, am I looking Mati's at the wrong? Sissoka? No, no, four. I'm sorry. I'm four sorry. Fouls. I'm looking at the wrong. We got to talk about those two blocks. He only has two blocks in this game and they come at a time. They just points. put Marquette away. Oh, like, eight. yeah, it was a. Get yeah. out of here. We are winning this game yep. situation. And I, as much as he was a bit of the goat, the old definition of goat, scapegoat in the first game, Ooh. I give him a massive amount of credit for this. 10 game. boards, too. Um, that was a huge game. I think this team deserves a lot of credit, just as one of the things that we've said all season that people like about this team is that they got dog in them. They've got some Spartan dogs out here that's spelled with a mm. W and an A. And mm. this was maybe, I think, for my money, the biggest or second biggest Spartan dog game of the year. Maybe that win at Cole Center was the biggest one. Um, but this was a game where none of the things offensively that we've been able to rely on all season were really happening at the clip you would expect. And they willed a win out of mm. it. Yeah, there's no world in which we go two for 16 from three, and I expect, I expect to win the game, let alone score nearly 70 points. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let's put that in perspective for a second. It, no. The offensive output was not bad at all. Against with A.J. Hogard on the bench for long periods of time, with uh, the three-point output that you're calling out here, with Tyson Walker having really good defense played against him. Um, yes. Even though he's able, he, he kind of killed them with those like off screens, mid range twos. Um, I'd like to say we're long to you. This was mid range to you game. <laughs> um, I think he, yeah, he hit five for nine 
on mid-range twos. Um, and that might be that might be the game. That might be a big part of what the game is. It's a huge you know? part of the game when you consider that we shot two for sixteen from the three. That is unfathomably bad. Un- one of them coming from AJ. <laughs> On in the first early in the first half, and I thought, oh my god, we're going to win this game by thirty six because if AJ yeah. is hitting threes, yeah, someone that's right. To, I had that same thought. Like, what's going on, and why, and where am I? Am I okay? Is um, this real life? Did I die? Real, is this a fantasy? <laughs> I. Um, what we got to talk about, Jaden Akins. This is where I'm going to say I love the love for Jaden Akins, and there were some, you know, obviously two for three from the from the paint, but. Oh, for five from three and and USC, he was one for five. You can't be combining one, four, ten in the NCAA tournament. NCAA. You, you, you simply cannot be. And he was negative point three in the plus and minus, still better than Mr. Kolick's minus five point seven. What a bumble ass. Um the only guy in the red for the uh, for 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 Marquette, it turns out, of the starting five. Really? Yeah. They lose by nine, and there's only one guy in the red in the well plus from minus? their starters of their starters. I oh, think. of their starters. Okay, yeah. gotcha. A couple other guys, like one guy was minus twenty two, which is damning. But you know, my point is still like from a guy like Kolek, and then it just goes to show like how well I think this defense did. But I back back, back Aikens. Something's got to give. I don't know if like his hands are allergic to the ball, and I know that we've been talking about the ball. We we haven't talked about the ball yet on this podcast. I think now is probably an appropriate time to. Um, for folks who don't know, the NCAA tournament insists on using a Wilson ball that was developed by scientists in 1946. Um, it's made of glue, and it's uh it's a square shape, so it doesn't really bounce or fit inside a, a round hoop um, very well. Uh, it can kind of blackly, blackishly tumble in. I don't think that that's a problem. I, I, I don't think it's a big part of the game that the ball be able to go through the hoop. I yeah, no, I mean, generally it is. Nice to have. Look, games are won by defense. Everyone knows that in basketball. Um, so um, I, I, think, I think the challenge is that the big – this is the second year in a row that the NCAA has insisted on using this uh, goofy orb, and <laughs> none, none of the Power Five conferences – uh, used it last year. I think this year, only the ACC and the Big Ten continued to not use it. Everyone else realizing, why would they again shoot themselves in the penis on something so avoidable? Um, I think the Big Ten is contractually obligated to use a, a Nike game ball. Obviously, Kevin Warren uh, probably getting some healthy kickback uh, from Nike to allow that to happen. Um, otherwise, truly inexplicable how um, how you could just be so stupid. And I don't know how else to explain the atrocity that was um, four for 700 on free throw attempts on Friday or the two for 16 on threes. This is, this is a team that is third best in, in the country, uh, three-point rate. Yep. Yeah. Didn't we all see that today? <laughs> was so, that obvious? <laughs> so, <laughs> so someone has to fucking make this make sense. I had no idea that basketball had its own baseball situation going on um where there's there's going to be scandal in the way that the basketballs were made and the manufacturer and all that yeah, stuff i guess this wilson balls uh, grippier yes. which is uh so made you're seeing balls get stuck uh sort of in the corner of the between the rim lodge between the rim and the the backboard more in the tournament um 
but I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't give your teams a competitive advantage, particularly after the big 10 has largely not done well uh, in the tournament. Well, well, the, the, past. the big, this season, uh, no, no, the no, in the past, the, the, but the, but this season, the big tens one seed has, has done spectacularly well <laughs> in the tournament at providing, uh, at providing a moment for America and indeed the world. So, uh, can we move on to all of that? Are we, what, what else do we want to talk about with this game? Um, I, I I'm going to, I don't want to talk about this game. I want to talk about the rest of the tournament real quick because yeah. right. Plum, as many as you, you bring up those points, this team just beat the number two seed without shooting the three ball, which gives me, Okay. Immense amounts of hope that, I mean, even a quasi and actually the USC game they didn't shoot particularly well from three either, right? Well, but their yeah, opponent, but their opponent didn't either. I mean, I think that's where we need to be really explicit. It's it's fine to not shoot the three. I mean, obviously they still shot better than we did, but they didn't shoot exceedingly well. I mean, Marquette did not shoot well tonight. No, yeah. but I chalk that more up to our defense than... Uh, okay, I mean, I'm just saying, like... And Marquette, yeah. Marquette ran us off the line as well. Yeah. We, we weren't moving the ball as well as we could have at times on offense. To, but even open... Th- we had plenty of open threes. Plenty that just, of open threes. Aikens, at least two or three of his... Walker had two very clear ones. Oh. Okay. Oh. And you so, can tell they got timid later in the game, too. To, to confirm to listener Alan Haller. Alan. Alan, buddy. Have... 50 of these Wilson balls available at Breslin Center when the guys get back and their job is just to get used to shooting the three with them this week. That's it. Focus on that. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. You can go about your thing again. Go back to to doing you. Go back to finding Susie's uh, replacement. Well, Mm -hmm. should we talk about that? Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about that. And then we can talk about the tournament or whatever. Whatever okay, you, however whatever. you want to do it. You're the host whatever. of the show. You're the host. You're the host. Uh, you got the daddy dick. What? Shit. No one's ever said that before. Uh, well, the I, mm, I don't care for any of this happening right now. Uh, anyway, Susie this is Merchant. the form that our relation has taken. <laughs> <laughs> Just you need to you need to take your joy out by bullying another person. It's um, not bullying. It's, not bullying, it's just Michael. not. It's just not, you know, building you up in this way. It's, it's yeah, okay. We're uh, sure you're perfectly adequate. Yeah, we're <laughs> celebrating you in, in, in the fullness of your reality. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Susie Merchant. <laughs> I hate you all. This is the kind of stuff that sometimes gets cut. Not this time. Yeah. <laughs> Not this time. And I'm, I'm quite sure we will have new listeners, and this will be great. Uh, <laughs> the um, Susie Merchant, I. Um, it ends up being that uh, the gold watch was delivered shortly after the car accident, it seems. Uh, well, uh, okay. I don't think. It was a mutual parting of ways, and in her statement, she did not acknowledge the current athletic director. So, that's oh, true. that's true. That's a good point. She acknowledged the previous athletic director, but not our. 
current elect. Also, the nope. previous two previous athletic directors, not the previous athlete. We how so here's we the problem. About Bill Beekman. We do forget about Bill. Forgettable. We've Bill gone Beekman. right past just like acknowledging Susie Merchant. Yeah, but, no, no, no. I, and I want to. I wanted to circle back, but I couldn't help but make the Alan Howard uh, Gold Watch joke. Uh, but Susie Merchant, listening. he wants to hear it. He is hear it. Uh, is obviously a a legend in Spartan community and mm-hmm. and was. A real, an actual real community leader of of great import and a great ambassador for our school, a uh, someone who you know talk about a sort of a, a Michigander story, mm-hmm. right? Uh, played point guard in high school at Traverse City, um, when it rose up through Michigan coaching ranks to ultimately take the job at Michigan State. Um, had had plenty of success in her own right, and you know. I, it's certainly the program had not been heading in the right direction. And I think Graham couch pointed out that there were a number of what if moments that maybe would have changed the narrative of Susie merchant's career. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, was it aerial powers who could have come back for another year, but, but didn't um, uh, being bitten by injury bugs at times. Sure, and also a snake. And, and so I literally bit. I, that's like, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I feel it's, it's a weird feeling because the, the program is for, isn't where you want it to be. Right. But is undeniably, uh, you know, she was a great, Spartan. is a great person, yes. a great Spartan, made wonderful coach, wonderful coach, well liked by everyone in East Lansing, loved, adored by student athletes. Nary a word has come out to besmirch her in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she has, she's been living with some unknown, but, but persistent and chronic illness of some kind or some uh, condition. Yeah, obviously. this. Was and so it's, it's, that's incredibly saddening. Uh, we do obviously wish her the, yes. the absolute best. We wish her wholeness and health, um, and continued hope. And she will be forever one of the most important leaders of the women's basketball program at, at our university. And um, my hope for her is that we can get her around like Coach D at the tournament, yeah. hanging out with yep. Gibby and Barry Sanders there. Yep, that's like, right. That's I understand that this is probably this is not the way anyone wants to end their career. No, and it's a terrible way to go out. And um, I we. I really hope that she gets well and she can be that ambassador uh, yep. for the university and for the program. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what other tournaments thoughts do you have, Greg? Oh, sorry, Plum. No, 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 no. I was going to be stupid. Here's what I recommend to the entire listenership. If there was ever a time in the year that you wanted just you and your spouse or your household or whatever it is, just get a, a, like sick enough that it's like, we're not making plans. We're not keeping plans but not so sick that you're like miserable. The NCAA tournament opening weekend is the best time to do that. I have had so much basketball wash across me this weekend. And I was able to justify my sloth by being like, I'm sick. And it has been a fantastic tournament to watch you guys. Arizona goes down. Uh, you know, j- there's there's multiple two seeds out. 
I got to watch the entire Purdue loss. It has been awesome. I get to watch. I got to watch Charles Barkley do his whole bit where he rediscovers the NCAA tournament all over again, like four (laughs) times where he's like, this is great. I love sports. (laughs) So it has been such a fantastic weekend, jumping in between games, getting to see your bracket implode on itself, watching everyone else's bracket implode on yours on itself. The dunks, the putbacks. It got a little boring um, in the second half on Friday until FDU happened to Purdue. But wow, this there, there's been an argument that's gone around on Twitter of like, just give these guys five years. Look what happens when you can give these guys five years. And it's working on me because these teams are all a little bit older than they usually are. Yep, Some of them have more experience than they usually do. It just sort of even in a way we we kind of thought that maybe these rules would would really benefit, and we haven't seen like the full force of NIL yet. We thought that some of these rule changes might really benefit the big brands. Bro, Tom Izzo is is he now the only national championship winning coach still in the tournament? No, Baylor still self. Oh, oh yeah, in oh, the yeah. tournament in the tournament. Drew, sorry, Drew's yeah. still around. Baylor's still yeah. around. Um, but like. What a year of parody. What a year of upsets. What a year of great games. And the officiating, I want to come back around to officiating. Yeah. Getting to see non-Big Ten games has been a breath of fresh air of like, yeah. oh God, look at what basketball can be. Now there is still the problem of like the end of games and the, the fouling and the continuation, and all that stuff. Um, except for the one game where I called out in our group chat that this must be a Big Ten officiated game. And then Plum checked, and indeed it was <laughs> at least one of the guys. <laughs> one of them was, but 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 uh, actually, no, it wasn't. I think I looked it up, and I it was wrong. Uh, I think I was wrong. Actually, uh, we had, I think we had Roger. Point. Yeah, that's right. But I think we had Roger Ayers in the first game, um, and Roger is. I think he's exclusively doing ACC now. He is okay. the ACC's preferred referee. And so I think that might have been an ACC crew on that first game, and it was garbagely. No, no, I'm not talking about our our games. I'm oh, talking about games that I've yeah. watched. Yeah. And there was one game where I called out in our little group chat, like, this must be a, a little Big bit Ten. Big Ten officiated. That, oh, that game was. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It yeah. wasn't ours. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, this, I, I have been elated with this weekend of basketball. Yeah. I, my plan is to take Thursday, Friday afternoon off for the rest of my life basically that's good that's smart i think that's the right way to go let's talk for a second i mean i know this isn't really apropos of anything but the tournament matt painter doesn't have a job anymore right <laughs> he's he's fired i mean but no no but seriously like if you are the athletic director at purdue is it enough just to get invited to the tournament is it enough to win the big 10 tournament like what is enough is it if, is that good enough i think his he what he does is he he understands what i just articulated okay and he's like it would be unfair if we didn't contribute to that in some Mm -hmm. meaningful way yes that's it what's the most meaningful he's an altruist alex he has incentive compensation tied to uh baffling performances well as we know the ncaa is headquartered in indiana there it is so it expects its indiana teams to greatly contribute to the entertainment value of the ncaa tournament Correct. And that 
that has been heard loud and clear in West loud Lafayette. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. That game. Should we go over? I mean, it's hard to say now. Well, FDU is now down five with five to play against Florida Atlantic, but um, should we go over how that game might be one of the biggest upsets in like college basketball history ever? Basically? Uh, we can. We can save it for off Grand River if you want to. And we can say very briefly things about hockey. Yeah, do that. I mean, we, I kind of just made this all. Let's, let's, let's put a bow on the tournament here. So FDU, it, for those that don't know, shouldn't have even been in the tournament. The only reason that they are is that their real conference champion didn't qualify. So they get in the tournament on and a technicality. I believe runner-up two also was not eligible. <laughs> I, I think actually runner-up three was also ineligible. I believe they are, were fourth. I believe they were fourth. I could be wrong. Out of four one. teams in their conference. <laughs> So FDU is currently 274 Ken Palm, but they were going in <laughs> third from worst defense Ken Palm team in like it's unreal. Like the the these are the teams that you wonder in the pre-conference season, like, should we even be playing this team when they come to Breslin Center and you blow them up by 30? It's absolutely wild that they beat Purdue and they did so. It, they're, they're treating FDU's coach like he's a genius. He's doing the same thing that everyone else did, which was try to take away Zach Eady and make them beat you somewhere else. And Purdue just choked. Those freshman guards just choked. And Fletcher Lawyer tried to keep it close, but he just wasn't able to put them over the top. Um, and it's, oh, what a. What a tournament it has been, you guys. And thank you. Big thank you. There's going to be multiple thank yous to listener Mike Jones. Big thank you for putting together our uh, podcast tournament pool. Have we checked in on that? Do we have any idea? Should, Ooh, are we obligated? Winning. I was to... winning at one point. You were not long. At one point in time, uh, Greg was. Really? Ugh, yeah. Terrible. Can you imagine? No. Awful. Uh but big thank you to everyone that joined that, and what a fantastic tournament. Do you guys have anything else to, to add to that? Or have, am I the only one that's really gotten to indulge this weekend? It's not me. I'll say that. It's not me. Uh, but it has, it's, it's been fun. There have been, um, it's, it's overall a really, it is both a high-quality year of uh basketball and a low quality year of basketball which makes for a great tournament right like teams are older mm-hmm. that's quality but yep. there's no one who's truly consistent this year so there's no imperial death star that's you know like marching towards victory um well i mean the notably team that's willing to bring a gun to a murder mm-hmm. scene well done uh does kind of look like they they might be that yeah i'm not scared Okay. We said after that game, we were not scared to face them again. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the previous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's do that hockey uh, real quick, and then we'll do that football real quick, and then we'll head off Green River. Um, so MSU Hockey finishes 16th in the Parawise, which is the relevant ranking system for uh, hockey to determine who gets into the tournament. Um, they needed to be 14th to make it. 
that's a uh, on the one hand is a bummer, but on the other hand, we're talking about hockey a lot more than we ever did, which yeah. is an indicator of a wildly successful season uh, for the Spartans. And uh, you know, it, it's a question of uh, can Nightingale keep it up? But things seem to be trending in a positive direction uh, for him and the Spartans. So. Um, there's that. Anything else we want to say about hockey or do we do that hockey thing? We got to get Jaron in the next few weeks. Jaron, sure. um, Jaron, please, please come. Please. Uh, all right. Football. Uh, so I think in between the last time we chatted, Mel Tucker did his press availability for spring ball. And, uh, there were a, a couple things that were of note in that. Um, one, he said, for spring ball, they are doing a lot less contact. Uh, they're doing more um, uh, group work. They're essentially, they're making an active decision to get folks healthy and to the fall, uh, which will make Plum elated because no injuries is good. Uh, the other thing is that they picked up, Mel Tucker talked about that he wants to make a hire quickly to replace BT Jordan. And then he planned on hiring a coach for the secondary. Um, so in the last week, truly, he gave a press conference and made that hire. He um, mm. hires Jim, I hope I don't pronounce it, Salgado, uh, who was, for the last six years, the Nichols and Safeties coach at, um, at the Buffalo Bills. Been coaching, generally speaking, for 30 years and had been at the Bills since 2017, before the day was at Princeton. Um, being a DB coach, eventually becoming the defensive coordinator. Before that, he was at uh, Cornell, again, as a defensive coach. Um, and before that, he was at Syracuse, again, as a defensive backs coach. Um, he brings a ton of experience. And this, importantly, Plum, he, as someone who runs an organization, I'm sure you can appreciate this, that Mel Tucker will no longer be coaching a position group. Um <sighs> I don't know how you run a program yeah, as big as Michigan can. State and coach a position group. Well, you can't. You lose focus, right? And what ends up happening is you have to make sacrifices. So you cede territory that should otherwise be under your purview to someone else so that they can then do more than one thing, which is to say you stop holding folks accountable for their failures. Your attention um, to detail slips, right? Too. Right. And we saw this. I mean, frankly, uh, attention to detail is hard to say because uh, uh, I not say that out loud. All I know is very people, anyone could, you didn't need attention to detail. You could use attention to broad, basic strokes to know that Scotty Hazleton and uh, Jay Johnson should both be put into cannons and fired into each other. Um, uh, So let's just say not coaching a position group better mean that he has time to hold assholes accountable for bad performance, uh, which is to say our offense and defense um, this past season. Can, can, can it mean that he uh, gets better at in-game coaching? Um, well, hopefully well, that's what it means. More uh, attention it, to details. Uh, so uh, Harlan Barnett, Boomstick, is going to move to cornerbacks coach and still be secondary coach overall, but uh, Jim Salgado will be, will be taking... Um, the safeties, if he ends up also coaching the Nichols, that means Rossell's truly does nothing. And it is inexplicable why Waterboy. he remains there. Waterboy. Rossell's must know something. 
he must have some dirt on Mel. That's the only thing that makes sense at this point in time. Correct. Uh, all right. Um, let's head off Grand River, shall we? Let us. Yes. So we talked about FDU uh, being. Uh, oof. Oof. The, the Ken Palm stats, too. Like when you break down their 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 best victories, they are. I think they only have one other win against a top 300. <laughs> well, they're only down three against Florida Atlantic right now. So they are. Hey, look, it's all it, Tom Izzo talks about getting hot, peaking at the right time. FDU, what can we say? Uh, if you win this one, I think America will have your back in a way that they're celebrating you, but they're also making fun of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh I don't really want to talk. Well, I do, but other things. Uh, CNN pointed out that America loses $17.3 billion in productivity uh, as a result of March Madness. Um, Greg, it sounds like you're a contributor. Uh, Well, I actually, I use my hard-earned, but probably don't deserve vacation time for this. How, How much do they allot of that to you a year? Some. Uh, some is it as much as you'd like no it's not unlimited i'm not at one of those places although i have heard that actually the math shows that you don't want to be at one of those places because you end up using less is that at, has that been your experience that's, that's, that's what i've heard as someone who's not taken meaningful vacation since may of last year that tracks yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm taking a week off uh just because i've earned it um, at a boy, that's my, my man. Listen, when I see something like this, when I hear something like this, I think to myself, shut up. Who cares? Go away. Narc. I also <laughs> think someone pointed out how long has the tournament been happening? Can you lose something that never existed in the first place? Oh, good call. Good call. Good call. Good call. Wow. So like, do we get more productivity in 2020? Well, no, COVID took it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's go to the topic that I think is all going to make us a little bit angry and a little bit sad. Our dear friend, Chris Beard, uh, noted, uh, notably accused, credibly, uh, in the moment and arrested for. Uh, well, admitted to. Yes. I- that, that he admitted to it. He just that the argument that he's made is that it was in self-defense. Yeah. So uh, uh, beat up on his fiance uh, in a way that doesn't comport with anything good uh, was terminated from Texas and not even a season went by and he's found himself at Ole Miss. And I am. I, I'm. I'm not surprised he's coaching again. I just thought that there was like a modicum of decorum that we at least all played by. We like, protect. I think we all yeah. agree that he shouldn't coach, that that's not someone you should want around. Uh, but Ole Miss just saying, birds, come yeah. on over. Yeah. I, well, it's just different in the SEC, Michael. It's just different. We, we made the point at the time. Uh, and I, I think I want to reiterate it here is that maybe Chris Beard first. 
I'm doing a fantastic job of that. Uh, Jonesy, as the recovering slash now current lawyer again, <laughs> explain explain to everyone for those that don't understand the difference between uh, what it what it means to find someone guilty in one of these cases beyond a reasonable doubt. Building a case, it, it, you have a domestic abuse situation with a with a victim that has said that she won't she she won't actually you know participate in in that case just explain why the just because someone doesn't get found guilty yeah. of domestic abuse it doesn't mean that they did not do it yeah uh so right so um it will go super simple uh in any in any criminal case it's the obligation of the government to prove that someone did something so you yes. you know everyone i'm sure knows you're presumed innocent you're innocent until proven guilty um and so there's a presumption of innocent that chris innocence that chris beard enjoys and should enjoy um it's for the protection of all of us mm-hmm. uh that said um you have to prove that case in court and merely uh, documenting um the consequences of an assault is not sufficient to prove what Chris Beard was uh, alleging, which is that he acted in self-defense. And without the testimony of his fiance, the the victim in this case, uh, there's no way to prove uh, that it was not acting in self-defense. And, and in fact, even if you could uh, force her to testify, you couldn't force her to testify contrary to what Chris Beard is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you would then have to bring a perjury case and it, and it, that does no one any, like that does no one any good because it is worth remembering. She is the victim in this case. Um, and so even though she is opting not to cooperate with the criminal justice system, that doesn't change the fact that again, she is the victim here and, and is the one that we all ought to have, um, empathy for what you are experiencing here or seeing here probably firsthand is something that's, you know, I don't know if the name has changed since in the last, I guess, 10 years now since I graduated from law school. But uh, what is known, uh, it like it is documented as is battered women syndrome. And that is a, a, a cyclical period of behavior where there is abuse, um, a reconciliation, a downtime, and then abuse. And you see this pattern can happen for a time for an extended period of time. And, and you can infer based upon some of the things that happened in this case, that this was not Chris Beard's first rodeo Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it escalated to quite a high level for abusive behavior. Um, And, and so the, the tragedy in all of this is that, that in addition to the fact that someone is a current and active victim of abuse is that likely it does not end well. that at some point in time it will escalate to a place that is you don't come back from. And, and so, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and I, I just, there's a lot of garbage that, you know, we could look past that coaches have done that you're like, that's gross. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cheating even right in the, in sort of, uh, old senses of, of, um, like really gross recruiting violations. Yeah, you think of like what Kelvin Sampson, who's got a number one seed right now, what he was fired for at Indiana, which was 
improperly contacting recruits during, you know, recruiting off times. Uh, Will Wade as yeah. like, I mean, even Will Wade as loathsome as he is, uh, just was doing something a, a bit dirty, but it, in the grand scheme of things was just cheating at ball. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it's alarming to me that Chris Beard is, has been hired. And even again, even though there's not a case that can be pursued here, that doesn't mean you, you, you make an arrest based upon evidence that's seen at the time. And that it is it, the, the true standard is probable cause. It is more likely than not that a crime occurred. And so um, I just, oof. And what I was getting at earlier is the the argument that we made at the time is that Chris Beard in this behavior maybe doesn't have to go away for a period of time. Maybe he doesn't need that. But he lost the moral authority to teach young men. And that is what this, we're so far away from it in many different ways, but that is what this profession is about coaching. It's about teaching young men, taking impressionable young men and turning them into the, the adults that they're going the to NCAA make. is running commercials about the value of coaches right now. Yes. And when you Let's have just... someone that clearly to his own admission, really, he claims the only claim is that it was justified, um, behaved in this way to a partner of his, I think is, Wholly unacceptable. You're, I cut you off there. You're gonna. Um, I don't know what Randy True looks like. His fiance. I don't know if she's a bigger gal or a smaller gal. I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. I'm, what I'm. What I'm going is you're making the claim of self-defense. Uh, the police report points to specific injuries. Mm-hmm. Yes. The police report points to specific observable injuries on this woman's body. A bite mark to her right forearm with visible teeth marks and redness. Which could be a defensive wound. That, I mean, that, a bite mark could be a defensive. I'll play Chris Beard's advocate. Okay. An abrasion to her right eyebrow and temple area. Less likely. An abrasion to her left leg from her knee down to her foot. Less likely. A cut to her thumb. Um, a real-time statement from, you know, the survivor here. My leg is really killing me right now from when she was drugged off the bed by Christopher. Hard to know how dragging someone off a bed is defensive. Um, scratches on the back. Scratches to the right eye. Another bite mark on the lower part of the right arm abrasions more abrasions and bruises on the other leg and uh the, another cut to the left hand isn't there strangulation in there somewhere yes and then there's the following strangulation symptoms difficult to breathe rapid breathing shallow all of these reported in real time so you know it's possible that she lied if she lied, why isn't she being charged with the crime of filing a false police report? Um, she and didn't. I, because she didn't. And Texas knows that. I know that. You know that. Charles Barkley should fucking know that. Anyone that has an opinion other than abject horror and sadness 
at the hiring of Chris Beard by Ole Miss, uh, itself one of the has to be most racist, unforgivable, and terrible places on earth. Generally, the state of Mississippi, godforsaken and loveless. Um, shame. Shame, yeah, shame, shame. I'm glad you brought up Charles Barkley because I was shocked and disappointed at the broadcast in the comment that it, it, it's, I'm not just disappointed in Charles Barkley here, but Charles Barkley is the one who said he was happy to see Chris Beard got a job because he's a good coach. Um, so, you know, I, I am disappointed severely in Charles Barkley, uh, though I'm, I guess I'm also wouldn't be surprised to find out that Charles Barkley was just told the name Chris Beard two minutes before that. And, uh, it and, doesn't know all the circumstances behind yeah. it. It would, if you told me that that was the case, but but it, it's also disappointing that the rest of, that no one in the in, in the studio at the time or afterwards said, "Hey, Charles, this is a thing you need to walk back," um, because or didn't set him up for something like that. Yeah, I I I am I am baffled yeah, by it. I Kellogg, just don't. I love you, man. I think Clark Kellogg's one of. I've loved hearing from you, but this would have been a great time to be like, "Hey, broadcast everyone." Maybe we just don't comment on this story yep. if we're going to end up saying something like this. Better to shut the fuck up than say something real fucking dumb. Yeah. So, um, I, I feel compelled. I don't know why. This is probably a mistake, but I feel compelled. Sometimes we get asked to like steal man arguments, right? And it's like, do you, are we living in a bit of a glass house in this? And I would say, like, I had an issue in 2016 with the way that the university was handling certain things around Larry Nasser and Strample and that kind of stuff. And I didn't renew my football season tickets as a result. Mm. And ultimately changes were made in our family was more comfortable realigning with MSU in the long run. But, there's none of this here. There's been no time for rehabilitation on Chris Beard's part. And if right, I, exactly, if I were at Ole Miss, I would like to think that I'd be out over something like this. It's just a brazen, cynical signal that all that matters to us truly is winning. And as many Joey Freshwater football jokes as we want to make, like. This is different than that. Like, this is a man that does not deserve to lead young men. I'm not saying he's got to go to jail. I'm not saying he can't get a job in basketball somewhere, but he doesn't deserve to be a head basketball coach. He he should take at least a season off. That's not crazy. Yeah. And then and- do the whole like born again thing or whatever. At least at least do the hand waving motion. Take the time for that. And then in your pref- your press conference to be like, ah, you'll, you'll learn. I'm all about transparency. And then someone asks the obvious question. He's like, I've decided not to talk about that. You are Get fucked. irredeemable, honestly. You're yeah. a coward. It, uh, it, anyway, it, I think uh, it, I, I was shocked. I think it was my first, um, it, I, I don't expect a lot of Ole Miss in particular. No. But even this to me was like, wow. Uh, and so, you know, and it's, and it's funny to bring it back. 
dumb Will Wade taking a, like, really taking a giant demotion to get back to coaching is sitting out five games for what he did. Chris Beard got fired from Texas is going to be right back at it next year. Uh, and I, I truly hope that he gets the welcome that is deserved. Um, Cause I just, I don't, I don't know how I could, if, if MSU made a, if MSU hired Chris Beard as a successor, it won't happen. No, I it's, know. I, I'm just saying it. Table. I you talk about things that I would I would step away from the program for. Um, and I borderline it, feel that way about Nate Oates. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and just to put the the notch in this. Like you deserve this, Ole Miss. When you take the hit, you take the heat for him, and then you let him rehabilitate his his. Uh, oh, and he gone. And move back on to something better than you. You deserve for that to happen to you when it does inevitably. If something terrible doesn't happen because he's a, you know, he's a domestic abuser, and then you deserve the reputational hit for that. Whether you get used and pitched or whether you take all of the heat that is eventually probably going to come, you deserve both of those things. And I'm glad that they're happening to you. Well, we certainly hope that the abuse part does not happen. But. Yes, great call, great call. I absolutely, I yes, thank you for that. But it would be, yeah, but to your point, I don't feel bad for Ole Miss. When it does, or yeah. if it does, I should say. Uh, all right, that was fun. Mm. Glad we got to do that. Guys, can we get through this? <laughs> we are going to the Sweet 16. Yeah, you know who's not? FDU. FDU just lost. I closed the window. <laughs> uh, Florida Atlantic's going. We do want to take time to acknowledge that Michigan did make it to another Sweet 16. and um, That is the true measure. Consecutive Sweet 16s, regardless of what kind. Uh, and I hope one day we can achieve that level of success. Uh, but Tom Izzo is having his 15th Sweet 16 in 25 straight tournaments. But how many are consecutive, Tom? <laughs> how many? That is an incredible... That is hitting at an incredible rate. Um, and it is, I don't know, I found myself um, more animated in this win than I have been about any MSU sporting event win in a long time. This, this felt cathartic. Be, we're about ready to preview games, and, and the win today felt cathartic. Um, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but I was elated in a way. So I, I actually I want to I agree with you with the elation. This was a this was a big win. I'm going to start our preview by previewing the potential. The preview, the preview. Moment. Are you previewing the preview? Preview the preview. Preview. The elite eight matchup would be either Tennessee or Florida Atlantic. So I'm going to say, and this is stepping way out there, that the winner of this next game against K State goes to the Final Four. Wow. Whoa. Because one of these teams is Florida Atlantic and the other team is coached by Rick Barnes. And (laughs) he has, you know how like uh, vampires like can't be around like garlic or holy water. The final four is garlic to Rick Barnes. So, and um, it would be Tom Izzo's second game of the weekend, which they kept pointing out on the broadcast. He's now 24 and seven in impossible yeah. odds. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, I almost wish they would stop saying it because it feels unsustainable. So this is a massive game. 
on Thursday, right? We know that it's going to be played on Thursday. We just don't know the time yet. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, are we ready to preview it or hit the tape? Let's let it rip. All right. So here's where we're at right now between these two teams. A lot has happened. Uh, K state is now 21 Ken Palm overall. MSU is 24 overall. And K-State is uh, offensive 46, defensive 16. Um, So this is a defensive-oriented team with an offense that is behind MSU's in terms of overall efficiency. Um, They also, on the subject of offensive efficiency, they also like to turn the ball over quite a little bit. Um, and teams do like to shoot a lot of free throws on them. So they're on the defensive side of the ball though, for what it's worth, their defense, uh, is, is very good for three. So the good news is we just demonstrated two times where we were able to win games without shooting the three ball. I would have been much more concerned about this one week ago than I am today, but they are a a very good three point defensive team. They're much more mid on twos. Huh? Twos? Mid? Huh? Hey. So this, not to say that there is an overwhelmingly good matchup here, but there are some factors that are sort of falling into place a little bit. Um, there's a couple of guys that you should know, though. Um, one is Marquise Noel. So they've got two dudes that basically play 40 minutes a game in the tournament. Marquise Noel, he's a 5'8 guard. He transferred from Little Rock, Little Rock um, but he is from Harlem. So he's kind of going home in this game. Uh, so is and, Tyson. It, so, but is Tyson. So, is, so is our little guy as well. So, and, he, and that's Foster Lawyer little that he is. Yeah, he, he's just a little, a little, little guy. Um, but, he, you know, he, he plays. He, he's a big contributor on that team. Um, like, he can shoot the uh not all time you know, he plum you're gonna like him he shoots like 90 percent from three th- from the free throw line um the three-point shooting is okay but he can dish man he does not turn it over a great deal but he's got a lot of uh a lot of assists mm-hmm. very high utilization uh player the other dude they've got a six six wing Keontae johnson who also plays effectively uh 60 minutes a game um and he does shoot much better he's a 40 percent percent uh three-point shooter so a six six guy shooting 40 percent from threes something to keep an eye on there um but uh those are the two dudes that sort of stir the drink for this k-state team so you know they've got some here let's go let's take a look at their opponent quality so they've got some some big wins they've got a win against texas they've got a big uh, win against baylor they got to get a win against kansas but they also have some big losses they lost to both of those texas and kansas teams they lost to west virginia they lost to tcu they lost earlier in the year to butler um so this is this is a matchup Mm -hmm. that is not like one of the arguments that I made about this MSU team is that there is a ceiling 
of yep. teams that they might not be able to beat. Yeah. I might still believe that. But even if it is true, this K-State team is not above that ceiling. That ceiling. I'm not saying that we can't lose to this K-State team. I'm just saying it's this K-State team is not in that elite caliber of teams that I start to get really worried about. Yeah. Um so overall we talked about it when the bracket came out. This is kind of a continuation of one of the more favorable brackets that we've seen that we've seen in a long time. And I know that they're the three seed in this case, but we just beat the two. Man. We just beat the we just beat the two, baby. We beat the two not shooting three. Uh, we beat the two with three guys on four fouls. We beat the two playing against eight gentlemen on the court. Um, that's that's great. I see what you did there. You did. Thanks. Just trying to get some get some of my uh, anti referee chops back because I've been such an apologist for so long. Some might say too long, but I'm glad we, I'm glad you're coming around. Thank you. Uh, so. We beat uh, uh, we beat K State. We get FAU. Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves in in preview. <laughs> mm. But no, yeah, I mean, mm. I feel good about this. Let me let me ask you guys. It's a big yeah. win tonight. It's a big week this week. What are you guys drinking this evening? What's the, what are we pouring over there? Uh. I'm having some high noon tequila seltzers. And whoa, uh, high noon tequila seltzers, huh? And uh, and I definitely had some fireball in jubilation. In jubilation, let me tell you a little bit about my jubilation this evening. I'm having myself. You know, I introduced the concept of the American single malt uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Indeed, these distilleries were like, let's take this malt thing and let's do it ourselves. I'm having a little bit of the bear fight, small batch, premium release. The if cane you, bear? The, the, in honor this week of Tom Izzo and the cocaine bear himself. And it is solid, dude. This is a nice little bottle. It's a, it's a you know, it's a standard whiskey. It doesn't mm-hmm. have like. Take a tug straight from the bottle. I, I don't need. I've got a drum over here. I don't need to take it straight from the bottle. A drum. You should be shamed. It doesn't have the like. It it doesn't have like a smokiness to it, but it has that like honeysuckle dry fig. You know that only my unsullied palate. Can we cut that? Uh, <laughs> like uh, like that coach just robing. Uh, if we can just all un- God, that undo that. the aptly named muscleman. I really have always hated that man and his used car car salesman affect it's a full affect. but he might be a good coach he's a very good coach unfortunately listen anytime our kansas can beat kansas it's a great night all right should we do these twitter questions let us go let's start Uh, listener mike jones uh, uh just by the by i would like some american single malt as well so if you're on your way to the uh, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 out here in my neck of the woods, don't he's be not. Up by. Yeah, he's not. Shut up. Don't talk to him. <laughs> Host Mike Jones, don't pander. It's 
It's beneath you, truly. <sighs> I did get invited to go to those games, and I really wish that I could. Wow. Are you, are you going up to Madison Square Garden? Yeah, this but week? I can't. I can't. Why not? I have things to do around the obligations as a father mm-hmm. and a no. husband. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's do those what Twitter questions. What happened to that unlimited time off, Michael? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Rude. Joe Ashworth asks, after Friday's win, coverage of Izzo was weirdly upbeat. Jokes about the clipboard and poking fun while interviewing him. Talking about his defensive game plan and coaching masterclass. Are you surprised by the positivity? No, that happens nationally in March. Yeah. Though there were some negative headlines about the clipboard that I was like, folks, just give it a rest. I didn't see any of those. Were they like, this is a display of toxic masculinity? Some fans don't like, and then it was just pulling tweets from other fan bases. It's like, mm-hmm. Great. This is some really good. Thank you. Everything is Buzzfeed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth. By the time you read this, whatever happened versus Marquette has happened as your local Milwaukeean. Really? What message. I didn't know that yeah. Joe. What hmm. message or response or heckle or raz would you like me to deliver to the people of this fine city? Uh, I would like you to ask them why a city, uh, why why a school named after the city of Marquette uh, is in the city of Milwaukee? I think that's how they should be razzed thusly. Would you say that it's uh, not very smart? No, no one. And I'm and I'm shocked by it. <laughs> that was you know plum. That was truly making lemonade out of lemons. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. I I thought that was a low point for the podcast. And then you know, came when in. we started the episode, you made sure of it with that <laughs> goddamn voice you were. <laughs> Next up from Joe Ashworth. You know, not he a question. like that when he's really mad at Mark Turgeon. That's the only time I really <laughs> ever hear that voice is when he's really worked up. Yeah. Not a question. After the Marquette win, I hereby reiterate my undying loyalty to Izzo. He's completely reinvented his program time and again and looks better positioned than anyone to build sustainable success. He is the goat, and he alone decides when he's done. Long live Izzo. It's amazing what a first consecutive Sweet 16 can do to a fan base. Uh, <laughs> though, Greg, you have pointed... Let's take a quick detour here. You've pointed out that one win and there may be a clear path to the Final Four. Yeah. And that may be a path at that point in time, like... Why can't you talk about winning a national championship? What level of LOLOL would it be if this team? This is the team that gets it. That wins a natty. (laughs) It would be a high level of LOL. But like. You count it. It counts. Oh, for sure. For sure. But but like, I feel like Izzo's like, if I got that with this team, then I, I got to go again. Oh, he's not retiring this season, whether he wins or loses. It's not over for him. What he's got coming in next year and probably the year after that, there's no way. It's just starting to get a little bit easier for him. There's no way. It's getting spicy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, Ali. How do we expect Pete Buttigieg to do anything about the train derailment epidemic nationwide if he can't do anything about derailing trains from his home state? Well, technically he lives in Michigan now, so I'd be really very careful about that. 
Oh, Pete. The number of jokes about trains derailing in Ohio uh, after Purdue uh, dropped was like, uh, I look over my left shoulder, I look over my right shoulder, and then I giggle to myself <laughs> after I make sure that I'm clear uh, on that. Um, next up from Ali, during Marquette question, I thought you don't get refs from the participating team's conferences, so why are Big Ten refs calling our game? Absolute garbage. <laughs> it did feel on brand. Shaka saw... Uh, which Big Ten refs were uh, were calling the game and saw how they called it against MSU and was like, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Authorized. Uh, uh, next up from Ali, after Marquette question, is Izzo washed? Many people are not saying this. <laughs> <laughs> go green, Tyson Walker can dunk, let's go. Oh, that's right, the he Tyson did. Walker dunk. Was that his only dunk of the year? I have to, I have to get to the bottom of this. Well, but we, was, listen. He was practicing these dunks. We saw the pictures of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know Tyson can dunk. Which is is here, uh, just let me get on record as saying to him and to Jaden, if you guys could start practicing threes during this week, we'd also like to see you bring those into the game. Please. Pretty please. Uh, Next up is Jer Bear, who just says, Mati. You know, there's something more to that that I think I want to say, which is watching him cry on the broadcast. Oh, in in joy. So overcome with emotion. And really, I mean, the defensive performance, particularly toward the end of the game for Matty, right, enabling the team to do what it did is, uh, I don't know, man. It was great to see that. I, You know, and and Joey, too. Joey was emotional, I think, hearing the thing. Kyle Austin had this tweet. Um with Joey hearing his name being chanted at the end of the game. He said, I didn't even know what to do. I couldn't control it. Once I got off the court, I kind of broke down. It's been a long journey, but to hear my name chanted in an arena like this, you really don't know what to say. That makes me feel great for these guys. That just makes me feel great. Yeah. I was surprised that that Joey chant took off because it seemed kind of out of nowhere. I mean, other than he'd lost his shoe again, (laughs) but it was, uh, It it was well-deserved. Like, it it was, I mean, because Joey has been just bailing wet hay Mm -hmm. this entire season consistently. I mean, he, he, he's a, he's a regular double-double and, and, and doesn't, doesn't have the panache or flash that Tyson Walker has, but he's just, it's just been a steady double-double. I can confirm that was, uh, Going back, Tyson Walker's first dunk of the year, maybe of his career. I didn't look at the previous years. Uh, next up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. You guys still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> we want we want to be there to let you down, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. That that whenever you refresh that podcast app, you you see us there and you think, God, why haven't I unsubscribed yet? God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he That's also asks, are people still downloading? Uh, strangely, yes. Uh, that, that auto download function on Apple Podcasts is doing a lot of work for us. <laughs> work. <laughs> uh, and Upper Deck guys, last question is, what did you think of Maddie's play in the tournament? Uh, I think we've been pretty celebratory of Maddie. I mean, yeah, we, this n- wouldn't have happened without him, or at least gets a lot dicier without him. So, had some rough moments. Game one. Three of them consecutively. 
Uh, oh, I also don't. I, I think you, Greg, you and I talked at halftime, and I think you were of of the USC game, and mm-hmm. you were a little bit unsure because of of how USC had come back. And I, my thought was, this is correctable. This is coachable. Mati's mm-hmm. just screwing up. And lo and behold, second half came out. Lindsey like, did say, whoever wins this game will win it going away. And he was right. 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 Well, we should have won it away by a lot more. Just make those front ends of one-on-ones. Jesus, mm-hmm. still funny. They won it by five points, so that's going away in my book. Uh, next up, Mamapolif. If, when, in a foreign country, you notice someone walking by with a Spartan cap on, and you roll down your window and yell, go green, and they smile, but they don't respond with go white, then what... Should one surmise by the experience? I hate everything about how you wrote that, Mama Police. <laughs> but, but Susan, you always had the opportunity to put your car in reverse and back over them. Okay, you always had that option. Or they don't speak English. I like People. that. There's this uh, that somehow she started writing, and, and we were just supposed to assume you were in a vehicle. <laughs> and I guess I don't know. Are we in a vehicle? Like, or are we rolling a window down? Is it as a casement window? And you're rolling it. <laughs> she just scares one around the street. <laughs> like it's very in which case that might explain why this person didn't respond to you monopoly yeah. um, uh, i assume that they are in um uh, either thrift clothing or uh it's some high school gear of some sort or also sometimes you get it at times you don't expect it like i have been go greened and then i've mm-hmm. like brain froze and like did an acknowledgement but not the correct acknowledgement i have go, been... f- go find your diploma go find it now Go, just, and then really get a lighter. Go get a lighter. Go get your diploma. By Joel Ferguson, so we can burn <laughs> it if you want to. Uh, next up from Mamapolif, three weeks ago, there was a game where a team was up 10 points with 45 seconds left, and they lost. And yesterday, there was a game where a team was up eight points with 55 seconds left, and they lost. Shouldn't there be some sympathy and understanding between the rivals for one another? No. Don't care. No. They reveled in it. We revel in it. I don't. Uh, what what I, is this a reference to? This, I believe, and I don't pay any attention to the National Invitation Tournament, but I'm guessing that Michigan lost under these circumstances. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, those, that's not a game that counts. So. Yeah. And an also, I, uh, I found our loss to Iowa to be hilarious. Uh, it turned me yeah. into the Joker. So yeah, <laughs> I was on the phone with Greg, and he's laughing as the thing is <laughs> melting down in a real sociopath sort of way. It turned me into the Joker. So anyway, there's a lot of those running around Michigan now, right now, I guess. Uh, Plum in just now composing this in interrogative sentence for the podcast, but not knowing the outcome of today's game as of yet. Jesus, which player would you say combined contributed the most toward the success of the team building this season and which player contributed the most in self-improvement? Uh, uh, do you need former... me to do you need me to say that simpler than as was I, need it, I need it to be diagrammed. I need it to be diagrammed. Uh, I think Hauser the former and Maddie the latter. Definitely not Pierre Brooks in terms of self-improvement. Who um, Pierre Brooks uh, might as well just be eating pizza on the bench. <laughs> yeah, who did not? <laughs> Looks like it too. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, did, did, no minutes, right? In either game. Oh, that man is 100% gone. He's gone, and he needs to be gone. Gone, 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 gone. These were games that he could have played, and he did not. He's gone. He's out. We could use a 6-6 wing yeah, who can shoot a three. Yeah. These are games where he could play, and he didn't. He's gone. Yep. Um, next up from Thomas Amiasi, uh, was Friday's game MSU's best game of the tourney since 2019? Great question. Oh, I mean, probably yes, because the tourney since 2019 has not been spectacular. Great for the MSU Spartans. Mm, yeah. So yeah, probably easy yes. Yeah, I mean it, it it's so the it's so easy to forget that last year we were tied with Duke with like 3 minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. And so who knows how we might have felt, but I, I, this team is this team is so much better than last year's team. And the year that, before that we went to overtime against the final four team. Yeah. I mean, and got to box out on free throws. Um, Next up from Thomas Zambiasi. uh, If their play style Friday is going to be the norm, who will be more frustrating to play on Tuesday night in January, Wisconsin or USC? Ooh. I think it's Wisconsin. Yeah, always Wisconsin. But it was nice to see these, like, uh, because Indiana, or no, who had one? Who lost to? Northwestern. Northwestern lost to UCLA. In a good game. Yeah, Yeah. very good game. There were some uh, future Big Ten previews uh, this weekend. Which was kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, Next up, and last up from Thomas Zambiasi, regarding the women's team, should Alan Howler look for a coach who's had some experience or look for a newer head coach to lead the program? I trust Howler's going to make a good hire. Yeah. I So I... I, Trust the interview. Right? <laughs> I think Indiana is uh, down by 15 points to Miami. I think we can... No way. Three minutes left. I think we can call that there's one Big Ten team in the Sweet 16. Wow. What? I can't believe Indiana shit the bet against Miami. Yeah. There, there are no other Big Ten teams in the Sweet 16, right? They all kind of died today. Uh, yeah. Bummer, too, because, I mean, some of them have just brutal matchups, but. We're it. We're Oh, oh, MSU is carrying the banner for the Big Ten. Once oh, more. shocker. Shocker. I oh, guess no. maybe, given what we just said, we could say UCLA as well is half carrying the banner for the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, next up, Sportsball Joey. <coughs> Two of three. Uh, does Izzo cry tears of joy ever? Does seeing Izzo cry tears of joy ever get old? You know, it definitely doesn't get old. Is that quip about how Tyson owes him some pizza and he can pay for it with his NIL money? I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> uh, yet, I forget who said something, but I get the impression that they're getting money from somewhere and that our athletes are not doing poorly. I, we don't see it. Do, do you know of any Tyson Walker name, image, and likeness? <laughs> like, where that's is this the, happening? Yeah, I don't. That's the weird thing is that. Well, I mean, I guess you know you can pay for appearances, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but it is strange that I expected more out of our collective Used NIL car game. dealerships. 
Yeah. I thought Sundance would be a bigger player. Here, you know what it probably is? People are just willing to give them money for nothing. And it more than small businesses in the area that want something. So, mm-hmm. like, why bother? You know? Sure. Although Kirk Cousins in the NFL was willing to take those Meyer tailgate commercials. So, like, you you got to think AJ Hogard's willing to show up in a Meyer tailgate commercial at the same time. I don't know. Uh, three of three from Joey's uh, sports ball. Joey, uh, can you put together an exhaustive list on why it sucked not to be a Spartan? It feels like it majorly suck. Yeah, we just well, did. There's only one big 10 team. <laughs> in the tournament. And the, th- the what's, what's funny about it, right. Is Matt Painter did Matt Painter things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, them not advancing is surprising to no one who follows the Big Ten. Yet somehow, by the way, like, sports writers who follow the Big Ten get duped by Purdue every year? Mm -hmm. Uh, The um, Northwestern, great story, but, like, okay, you know, who cares? I think the only team anyone was really rooting for was Penn State. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. How how did Indiana have a four seed? I mean, Trace Jackson. David. That's that's my point. Is how did Indi- like I watched I their game a couple nights ago, and they kept referring to Trace Jackson Davis as the the player of the year candidate, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, well, his points. He, he ended up competing with Edie in some ways. I mean, but- he is player of the year for most punchable face, for whiniest fucking bitch face, criming. <laughs> he is insufferable to watch. And this team is collapsing in real time. It is delicious to see. Oh, God. <laughs> not trying. I, Miami just walking the ball down the court uncontested. I, uh, I want nothing but bad things for Woodson. For whatever reason, do not care for that guy. With his foot I like him. I like him, and I feel like he didn't deserve this team. I actually oh, like him. I love Micah Shrewsbury, and he gone. Uh, he's for you sure. Think so? Oh, he's at Georgetown next year for sure. Oh, wow. You think so? You think yeah. I have heard this rumor as well, but do you think he takes that Georgetown gig? I think they care about basketball there. And yes. Mm. Do they, uh, though? If they stuck with Patrick Ewing for as long as they did, do they care about basketball? Yeah. That's all right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think there's a lot of structural challenges with Georgetown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to You got to want to actually invest uh, like. In the like same way that uh, geographically, it's not possible for them to invest in some ways, is my understanding of like, how do you get the facilities close to campus? How do you do this? How do you do that? Like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. you don't have, you know, Slick Willie playing the saxophone with the Georgetown shirt on anymore. Like, they've, I hate to say it, I, I, I'd like to see Georgetown come back. But it seems like there's a lot of structural challenges. And especially when the Big Ten and the SEC are going to just start outpacing everyone else in terms of resources so significantly. How, as a coach, how do you justify taking a job in another conference would be my question. It's a big jump. Yeah, I I mean, Notre Dame hasn't filled yet, have they? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, that'd be another one that at least could put the money behind the resources. I mean, like, I'll just say this. I think Micah Shrewsbury did a fantastic job with Penn State. Mm-hmm. And, like, the personnel he had to make that team go, I mean, it, 
I'm convinced that dude is going to be a big time coach for a long time. Um, I'm buying Micah Shrewsbury stock now. And I want him to leave because I don't need Penn State deciding they care about basketball. Because I think he could build it, right? Like, I think he would make it fun enough that he could build it over there. Um, We'll see. So, uh, all right. uh, Next up, uh, Mike Jones. Well, we definitely need to shoot the three ball better next weekend. But how satisfying is it to rise above a brutal performance behind the arc and still get a W, Alex Blum? How satisfied are you? Uh, 1,000% satisfied, except for not satisfied at all. Yeah. <laughs> Deeply unsatisfied in the most satisfied way you can be. I think this that answer reminds me. We should do the Patreon thing where mm. uh, Patreon members get access to Plum's uh, inside our group chat tweets during the game. <laughs> Just get live updates of how satisfied Plum is after we missed the third front end of one and one. <laughs> I mean, we, the one thing that I had going for me on that USC, USC game was that I was driving to Chicago. And so I, I mean, I, I guess I could have jackknifed the Jeep and just gone into oblivion, but <laughs> I at least had something to be doing with my hands and the attention other than pacing and like punching, you know, the wall or whatever I would have been doing in real time at my home. I think we just need to start screen grabbing Plum's faces while he's talking and then create a sort of a, a, a death con of sorts for and we can just tweet out where Plum is on the anger level. And where Plum is right now is in an unmarked hotel in Illinois wearing a uh, hotel uh, appointed bathrobe. And this is true. This is true. This is where Plum is right now. With the decor that looks like he's invaded some old lady's home and is collecting her social security checks as she rots in the basement. Don't worry about her. She's fine. Everyone here is fine. That's why you bought that old house. All right. So uh, next up from Mike Jones, Tom and Tyson owed him a cab ride, a gigantic. Tom said Tyson owed him a cab ride, a gigantic slice of pizza with his NIL money in New York next week. If you could go on a cab ride with Izzo, where would you take him to eat for your hometown, Plum? Better not let me, better not let me down with your answer here. I don't know. I thought he was going cash cap with this, but then he went with restaurant recommendation. Restaurant, yeah, it was a little bit different. Um, Schwartz Creek restaurant recommendation. Okay, it's not. It's not Schwartz. That's offensive. It's offensive and bad of you. Um, if he means Swords Creek, it would have been it would have been Dave's Pizzeria, but Dave's isn't open anymore, so it can't really be anything left. There's nothing left. What in happened Swords to Creek. Dave? That's a great question. Um, Same thing happened at Sundance. So I'm assuming he means Flint or maybe Flint Township. I, he wants me to say Soggy Bottom, but I'm not going to say that. Instead, I'm going to say it's probably who would eat there. How is that place in business? No, it's swamp ass restaurant. <laughs> You guys be careful because don't bite the hand that feeds you or gives you drinks, okay? Because Mike Jones loves Soggy Bottom. He really, really does. He loves it. My Soggy Bottom, too. <laughs> All right, there it is. Uh, last from Mike Jones. How drunk is the pod after that game? Kevin, what you drinking? Anything tasty? Yeah, Kevin's already said. Dude, bear fight. American single malt. Everyone go to the store and buy one. I don't know what's going on right now. I'm going to have some more cinnamon-flavored whiskey because uh, your box is empty. I, the, the endorphins after the game were just, like, incredible. Mm. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They did bear feel fight. good. Cocaine they bear did. type levels. Cocaine. Cocaine bear. Uh, next up, from Spartan eighteen seven seventy. How come more fans didn't expect MSU to beat Marquette so easily? Mm. I don't know that it was easily. I know that the point, but there were plenty of times in that game that felt uncomfortable. Here's I'll answer that question for myself. Spartan eighteen seven seventy. Marquette is number eleven in Ken Palm, and MSU's best win was against a team. It's 23. Yeah. Uh, this was Ken Palm wise, the best win of the year. I think if I'm, I'm just looking down the list here. Yes. If we'd beaten Gonzaga on the boat. Yeah. That would have been, would have been our best. Mm. So we were one possession away. Yep. I, I didn't expect to beat it. Yeah. It goes against my ceiling argument that I had before. Mm. Um, next up from Sorton 18770, why hasn't there been more outrage over Izzo breaking the clipboard? It shows a serious lack of institutional control. <laughs> outrage. Fire hire Chris Beard. Fire, fire Izzo, hire Chris Beard. <laughs> um, and finally from Sorton 18770, which is more prestigious, an NIT Sweet 16 or a Nobel Peace Prize? It's tough to say. It's tough to say. It's really hard. We're gonna now, to, if that Sweet 16 is consecutive, yep, that's, that's what, all that's what that matters. wasn't included in here. Uh, I think uh, Spartan 18770, this, this was a segment fish. You expected us to sit on this topic for yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Come back to it in the, in the summer. Uh, next up, it, also, I'm, I'm realizing Twitter question power rankings are postponed a bit as oh. a result of making it through the weekend. Oh, refreshing. Okay. okay. I, I'm not sure that would have happened this next weekend anyway, but great. Uh, next up, Mr. Rodic Pants. Hot take. Izzo should be suspended immediately for destroying university property in a fit of rage. Truly, his program is out of control. Wow. Great minds. Great yeah. minds. Yeah. Uh, next up, from Mr. Rodic Pants. Since we made it to round two and they didn't, I can only conclude that we're a better team than Purdue. Judge Jones, will you accept this argument? I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> that was fast. Are you? Have you been practicing that? It just it comes naturally. Would you ever? Is there, are there any designs now that you're no longer a recovering uh, lawyer? You're back to to the lawyership. Would you ever consider such a thing? Would you? Would you? Well, as as uh, you know, uh, President Forty Five showed us. Um, you can indeed be nominated to a court without being an attorney or endorsed by the American Bar Association. So, um, you know, uh, those designs were never killed. Uh, but uh, would I would I ever be a judge? <sighs> that feels like a lot of work. I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was very little work. No, I mean the volume mm-hmm. of of cases you have to hear is crazy. I've heard this plum back me up or prove me wrong on this. I've heard that some of our like county judges, it's like a, almost a part-time gig in some places. Uh, not in Detroit okay. where the volume of cases is so ob- obscene, but I would tell you that I think being a judge has got to be one of the most boring things in the world. Just having sat through the voir dire selection as a potential juror on a, you know, criminal case uh, in November, the 
process was painful. And, and I would get into everything. And so my courtroom would be so backed up. Yes. Like constantly. Yeah. Cause because I'd be like, that's an interesting to. legal point. We should talk about it. Yeah. Cause you would just be so bored otherwise. So that it was terrible. Just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, uh, hockey and basketball are seeing parody as never before. Will that affect football as well? U of M and OSU seem pretty elite though. Do they? Is that last part true? I think Ohio State seems more, more mortal than over the last like three or four years. In but it's like they're they're winning with dudes who are soft. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you like. I, I loathe the University of Michigan, but they at least have identified their core identity and have recruited to it. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know that under uh, eyebrows that Ohio State knows who they are. <laughs> like you, they're they're so they're so disconnected from themselves, like his eyebrows are. Yes, got it. It's uh, yeah, it's like seven by seven, wow. which is the space between his eyebrows and his forehead, and yeah. uh, they that's all they want to play. They want to play seven on seven. They don't play eleven on eleven, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I kind of disagree with the premises, uh, the premise on this one, Mr. Neurotic fans. Um, but you're tacking on the back half. It, will football also see parity? And I think the answer is particularly with the shift to a 12 team format for the playoff that we do start to see more of that. It can't parody. get worse, honestly. Yeah, that's right. Um, and finally, from Dan Hellpepper, will you look at who I picked in this game on my bracket and tell me that I have forgotten the face of my father or something? <laughs> Maybe he uh, didn't have Michigan State. Maybe did you have Michigan State losing to Marquette, Dan? He must have. Is that what you did? Did you do that? Is that a Dan, bad Why boy? would you do that? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna come in the thing right now. If you did that, Dan with more than one, Dan with more than Dan Hellpepper. What did you do, Dan? Dan, you didn't. <gasps> Dan. Dan. Dan, I, we wouldn't have known. We would have not known. Yeah. And you came here to publicly shame yourself. Now I have to go through each of these people to see who else made these this simple decision. There are dozens that you have to go through now. Dozens. Next up from Dan Hellpepper, though, who redeems himself with this question. Isn't this fucking great? It's a pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Mr. Neurotic Pants. Mr. Neurotic Pants did it too. Oh, shameful, Mr. Neurotic Pants. I am concerned about this K-State game, but if they get through it, we might be talking about a Final Four berth this time next week. It's possible. Well, literally, it would be possible. It'd be one more game. (laughs) Well, honestly, I think if we get through the game on Thursday, we are talking about a Final Four berth. Honestly. Kevin? And then... Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll that's me knocking on wood, Alex. Yeah. Kevin. And we'll we'll yes, we'll Alex. chat about it when we get there. Kevin, uh, you have a, because Kevin, you you have a problem in your household, Kevin. Yeah. Did you did you know that she did this? Did certain recurring mental health guests uh make massive errors in her bracket? Yeah. Yeah, she did. <sighs> it is known. Wow. <laughs> Bring them out. 
publicly oh, shame them. Bring them wow. out. Samantha, you are a bad person at the core of your existence. I you think are... now we know maybe who's not coming back again. <laughs> there it is. Not just we'll, because we'll truly, she only we'll to, shows up for atrocities, <laughs> but we'll, also because. We'll truly go to BetterHelp and uh, just pick somebody from there and have yeah. fun. All right, I think I get no, last three. No, no, I'm sorry. Ali, my man. Ali, you broke my heart. You broke my fucking heart. I, I, through work, I get six counseling sessions over the phone, I think. So next time there's some kind of terrible tragedy that we, I'll just like call that person and be like, great, you're live on the air. Let's talk about loss. <laughs> Anyway, next up from Tyrone, I never proof read my posts and my phone is set to Spanish. So you get creative stuff. Encampment is the ROTC camp. Is Plum's favorite dog a wiener dog? That would be fantastic. My favorite dog is a cat. How about that wet hay? (laughs) Just panic. Just mania. Love that Tyrone. How about that wet hay? Indeed. Just merch, merch, merch. Tyrone goes on. Uh, Why is my gas stove dangerous, yet my fireplace is safe? Isn't that essentially the same thing? This is a a fair question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last up from Tyrone, ran of the wake, bike lanes. I am out, enjoying my ride. Bam, the bike lane ends for 79 feet. Very apropos. 79, the number that keeps on giving, just like Izzo. See the best sweet 16er ever. Also, is Mike Jones poster Rocket Mortgage or Callie Spartan? Wait, what is... Wiener dog was funny, right? (laughs) I don't know what this means. Now we understand why he chose Wiener dog or Plum. Uh, All right, gentlemen, uh, this is truly fantastic i i I cannot (laughs) say enough how great i feel this is exciting times and we have potentially two more games to talk about so before we leave plum any other scarlet letters that need to be worn no i had to stop because i was too brokenhearted at what has happened too upsetting too upsetting all right uh go green you guys go white go white